get your message out there. I think it's a really powerful one. Cool. How was how quarantine? Um, it's really good for the most part. Obviously, there's like, you know, the annoyances. But overall, you know, like I haven't had anybody that I know die. So I'm doing pretty good. Did you just get back to New York in time for that? Um, I'm actually in Florida right now. Oh, Florida, okay. Um, I have a house down here, so I really wanted to avoid being stuck in my apartment up there. <laughs> uh, nice. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot better just because there's there's more space here, and like you can go to the beach and just like get out a little bit. Yes. So, yeah. I thought you were in New York City. Obviously, that was a little misleading. But yeah, that's kind of one of the epicenters, as they say. Yeah, yeah, and that's I do. I live in New York, but uh, I just didn't want to get stuck there. So nice yeah nice because i've seen that you were over this you've got contacts in galway they are you you were over here not too long ago i believe yeah i come to ireland all the time yeah Mm -hmm. it's like my favorite place outside of new york so i come there several times a year and actually my big 2020 goal was to buy a cottage there and spend the summer there renovating it this year but that's not gonna happen so not this summer maybe (laughs) not this summer yeah so no awesome yeah yeah so um yeah i do i have quite a few friends um my boyfriend lives in cork um but it's funny just because like i've been coming there since 2008 and it's just i just love it like i absolutely love it i didn't really have like a tie or anything to there i just came there and loved it and i just keep coming back so (laughs) awesome yeah how how long are you doing the work that you're in now how long are you you're doing that quite some time too huh yeah about four years now Mm -hmm. nice yeah doing like men's specific has been probably about the last two years um but coaching for the last four yeah i love how specific it is like as i was looking into your website and stuff like that i think it's powerful how honed in and honor you are with mm-hmm. that even some of the testimony is really powerful what what mm-hmm. brought you to the work or tell us a little bit about justina <laughs> so, <laughs> so um there, there are like several things that kind of put me on this path. Um, one of the things is just my natural connection to the masculine. I've just always been that and I've always had that. And like even my first best friend, like we were born six months apart, Joey, little Joey, um, he was my first best friend. And, and it was like, I don't know why, but my best friends were always boys, always. Um, and like in my family, my mom was very similar. And so like, I was allowed to have like boys sleep over, you know, platonic friendships, that kind of thing. And it was like very accepted because my mom was very similar. Like she really, she really got that. And she was like, really had like an affinity for the masculine. Um, and there are like some things that I realize looking through my life and like, my relationship to the masculine and feminine. Um, and one of the things that I picked up from my mom was that the feminine was really unsafe, um, that it was crazy and it was dramatic. And if you were too feminine or you were like too in that energy, no man is ever going to love you. And so, um, so I had like this natural like gravitation towards the masculine from a very, very young age. But I also had this kind of Um, like all the women in my men, uh, all the women in my men, all the women in my family are very masculine, very, very masculine, like outwardly beautiful 
and feminine, but internally they need control and they're very, very masculine. Um, and my mom is one of those people. They're all like very Italian. So like Italian women can be like very fucking hard. <laughs> um, and so I had that influence. Like to me, that was just what feminine was. It was like this hard thing. And we, we see other women who are outside of the family as like a threat. They want what you have. They're going to stab you in the back kind of thing. Um, and the, the other message that I received, like watching my parents' relationship was that if you, as a woman, get into a relationship with a man, you need to have all the control. Otherwise you're going to be crushed. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of like would follow my dad and my dad would kind of like, you know, he, he would just kind of bring my mom around and she was just living this life where she was really unhappy and she never, she would never take risks or she would never like go after what she wanted. She kind of just was there to like support me and my dad, me and my brother and my dad. And that was kind of it. So she didn't really have like her own identity. And she would say things to me like, you know, like my parents would fight 24 seven because they're both like thick headed Italians. And my mom would be like, see this? Like, you see this? This is your future if you get married. And I never uh. wanted to get married. I was like, no, <laughs> never, never. And so, um, yeah, so I, I had like this, this kind of um, perfect storm, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, of belief systems and then also like kind of a natural gravitation towards men and boys and masculine energy. Um, and I noticed also looking back that I, all I did growing up was mirror boys, mirror other men, um, because I needed them to accept me. Um, like the message that I got overall was like, men are here and women are below that. And I want to be up here. I want to be important because this is the important level. This is like the, who gives a shit level. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I hear you. So subconsciously it was constantly mirroring, mirroring, mirroring. And um, my feminine energy was really used to be able to draw a man in and my masculine was meant to like keep him there, <laughs> control him. I know that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All subconscious, of course. Um, so the answer to your question is like, you know, I, part of how I got into this work is, you know, my natural love for the masculine and always feeling like mas masculine energy is like my safe place. Um, part of it is the dynamics that played out in my relationships where for me, I was always attracting men in the feminine because I was in the masculine. Yes. And that was, that was what was, you know, sub subconsciously what was safe for me, but it always ended the same way where I just could not stomach having sex with that person anymore. Like just get away from me. <laughs> get away. I had three long-term relationships that all ended the exact same way. Um, so I could see, we've got like the piece where it was like my natural love for, for the masculine, then the piece around my own relationships and how much pain I could see in my partners. And I didn't know like how to help them or how to fix that for them. Or like, I was constantly trying to take their pain away and I like could really feel for them. 
And when I started doing my own work around my sexuality, around my love life, and I went to school to become a sex, love, and relationship coach to try to fix my marriage originally, um, I just started picking up these little puzzle pieces and realizing like, oh, okay, like now it makes sense. Like this, all, this is like such a big picture here. And I only had these little pieces before and now, now it's all making sense. Um, and so like my passion, like when I first started coaching, I was doing grief coaching. Um, cause I have been through like a lot of death and I can really like feel so much compassion for somebody who has lost someone. And so for like the first year I was doing grief coaching, but I wasn't really passionate about it. I, I it was something I was good at, but I wasn't like, this is my life. Um, and then I moved into more of like couples coaching around like lack of desire, but I found that typically, typically the person <laughs> who had desire was the one who was coming to me trying to get their partner to regain their desire. But the person who doesn't have desire, they don't want anything to do with that. It's like, get away, leave me alone. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was like, it was kind of a weird place to be. And it, again, wasn't really my passion. And, um, and then, you know, like the schooling that I went to, my teacher, her name is Layla Martin. And she's one of the top four sex love and relationship coaches in the world. She's amazing. Um, but her whole platform is female sexual empowerment female empowerment and because of what I just expressed to you around my own like feminine thing yeah. yeah I don't really resonate with that not that I don't think it's a good thing and it's needed and I have you know used that to develop and heal my own feminine but it's just not my thing like it's just not my thing and I just started realizing over time like working with couples that like I really just wanted to work with just the guy um, and it kind of just evolved from there. And sure, you know, like as a coach, like being a coach is like, you, you set out and you're like, yeah, I'm going to like fix everyone. And you're kind of like, and then like, you have to go back to the drawing board and then you try this next thing and then you go back to the drawing board. So it's like this evolution that happens and it just, what was natural for me and like what I'm passionate about has just sort of naturally risen to the surface after trial and error. Um, and it's, for me, it's like so perfect because I spent my entire life mirroring men. I so understand them on a level that like, they don't even understand themselves. Yeah. So it's like, it's so cool because, um, like I just have like, I'll just have like a, a consult or something with a guy. And what I really like to do is to take really complex things, like really hmm. big, overwhelming feelings or really overwhelming concepts. And I've bring them down and I make them really tiny and very simple and they're just like oh <laughs> then they're Love usually that. like oh, that <laughs> and like I don't know it's just like time you know like you just learn these things as you go through and I've worked with so many men now and I, there was a phase where I was just like interviewing men like just interviewing them like how you know how satisfied are you with your love or sex life and why do you think that is and what obstacles do you have and you know, and, and you start to see a theme, like a pattern of what men are going through. And, um, and 
like you just start to see like these similarities that they all really most of them have um and so yeah so then just like working with guys it, over the last few years like everything just keeps getting clearer and clearer for me um and the more i do it the more i'm like this is what i love like i just me working and it's it's not even so much the sex stuff like I could give or take that for me. Like, I really believe sex is just a side effect of everything else. Um, But I love working with men, like on their masculinity, like to get, to help a man stand in his natural power is like, that's like my favorite thing in the whole world. I'm I'm with you on that. That's why I'm just trying to get to know you and understand you a little bit more here because um, I just resonate with your message. You know, like you're in it so long, you just know sometimes when you resonate with someone. Mm -hmm. So I thought, this is such an interesting conversation because here in Ireland, you're, you're probably familiar or not, but where I grew up and the people who I hang, hung out with like 10 years ago, it's just, it's, it's, uh, there's no, it's just very immature. Just men as, as, as a, as a species almost to just, we stay very immature is the, is the way I'm going to word it. Cause I've been on an off construction site as I've kind of got my momentum in business and, and, and finding this common thread like yours is the masculine. Yeah, my common thread is going to teaching and I'm constantly fine-tuning that so I can I know exactly where you're coming from but I really want to get this conversation out there more because my whole thing is empowerment or starting with, with men but going super deep consciousness yeah. and uh, being empowered you, you can't really look at the whole picture or you can't really be empowered without looking at the whole picture of sexuality and this whole mm. animal nature and all this shady stuff and then like it's just like sometimes it's like where do you start for the population so it's such an interest like even masculine and feminine is uh it's, it's not common for for every man to understand that obviously you know that but it's so this conversation could go so many different ways so i'm very intrigued to see where it does actually go and you're seeing you've got an aspect of doing some work with marissa peer and hypnosis mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. using all the language as well of the, of the coaching and stuff so yeah i find yeah, that so powerful. you know i like to kind of because, you know, guys have real intense um, stuff around like failure, right? So like if they haven't reached a certain, especially in Ireland, so I'd say like half my audience is Irish because I go back and forth between the two countries. And I find that there is this like somewhere you're supposed to reach by a certain age. And if you haven't reached that, you're just a piece of shit, Right. So it's, yeah. it's so like it's it's pretty bad in the u.s but not as bad as like when i talk to guys in ireland they're like they're like you know i should have been married or i should da, 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 or i just you know my last relationship i ruined it i could have done something better or different and typically what i like to pe- people to think of is um you know if you wanted to build an airplane right and let's say like like that was kind of the point of life is to like have an airplane <laughs> that you built <laughs> and nobody teaches you about that. Cause we have zero education about love, relationship dynamics, consciousness, um, unconditional love. Like there's, emotions. there's sexuality, <laughs> emotions, exactly. Yeah. Like there's no, like that's the most important thing. The most important, like you learn all this stuff at school. If you're not connected to your feelings, then you have no idea what's true for you. How, how do you know what direction to move in the world? And that's, that's one common thread I see in, in a lot of guys is because they've been conditioned away from what they feel, they have 
no idea what's true for them. There's like, my brother is a great example of that. He's paralyzed in making a decision, paralyzed because you can't make a decision from nothing. If you're disconnected, you, you don't know what's real, what's true, what's fear and what's passion. It's just chaos. And you're just trying to grasp at whatever you can. So this kind of analogy that I usually give to, to guys when I talk to them the first time is this, you know, getting them away from this idea of failure and just understanding that like, these are just tools and skills that you haven't learned. So if you're trying to build an airplane and you see other people around you, they've built this airplane and you're like, well, what's wrong with me, right? Those people went out, they figured it out or they had an example that taught them and they were just kind of lucky. Whereas most people don't have that and they are putting these pieces together. Like they take a bolt and they like put it in this hole or that hole. And they're just like, is this making an airplane? I don't know. They're just, they have no idea. Right. And so they keep trying and failing or they keep trying and they make something that just isn't an airplane. And then they're like, wow, I'm, I'm a bad person or I'm broken. That's like a normal thing I hear from guys. I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm broken. I'm evil. That's another thing. Like guys, they just, especially straight white men, they have such deep conditioning from the world. That's just like, you're just, a, you're just bad. You're just inherently bad. You were born bad. You can't do anything right. You can't do anything right. Yeah. And you like hurt and oppress everybody. So, um, so I, I think like, it's really important that, you know, just like you said, you can't do anything right. Like people sort of think, and it's weird to say people because there's only two genders. So it's like, is it just females or is it everyone? Is it different races or like, what is it? Like people in general think that men are sort of pointless. Like they're dumb. They go around, they like cars and they like sex and they drink beer, but overall they're, they're idiots or they're immature. And they are, a lot of them are in a way, but it's just mainly because they were never taught how to upgrade their consciousness, which is something that you're obviously familiar with. And, and the bravado, the kind of like, oh, I love the Irish banter. I don't know how much you've kind of got into that. Like it's, it's, it's full on and it's rootless. Like, and I, and I love that and it, and, it ha- and it has its place, but there's also a point where you're like, you don't mean that man. And you like, I can see in your eyes, you need a fucking hug, you know? Yes. And it's yes. just like, man, and I feel weird saying that, but it's like, it's so real. And it's like, I've had a journey and I was in Australia for a minute and I was going through my whole awakening process and then I'm still on sites. Then I left sites and came back here. So it's a, it was a great insight into just see how, when I was talking that way as an apprentice, it doesn't stop at 30. It doesn't stop at 40. It kind of just tends to be the way we communicate. And I think banter has to be separated from look lads and, and just kind of dropping in for a second. But you know, it's obviously a courage thing and it's like, you don't know what you don't know. So the guy trying to build the airplane, it's just, he, he was never taught, but he feels like he has to keep up and just, just look busy or whatever. And then it's like, they don't yeah. know what they're missing out on. They don't know the whole stuff read ask somebody you know get onto google and how do i build an airplane and just kind of take that one step it's almost like you can only see everest yeah you can only see yes. and it's so strong and that's where i feel my 
journey is right now is actually going in and serving the guys who I truly want to serve because mm-hmm. I don't it's it's what it's getting the language right to be able to meet whoever there me 10 years ago there and then kind of bring out with, with new insights or something like that because I feel like sometimes I'm talking over the top of people not like I'm talking down but I feel like I'm talking nonsense gibberish does it doesn't make sense uh, to the to the to the guy that I actually want to serve mostly you know yes the young I went fathers. through that I definitely went through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And yes, it's so true. There was like a really long period of time where I was just like, does anything I say make sense? (laughs) Like it doesn't, like, is this, is is anybody resonating with this? Like, is the person I'm trying to talk to right now, is this hitting them? (laughs) And how, if it's not like, how do I do that? Yeah, it was really, I totally understand what you're talking about when it comes to that. And, um, you know, one thing I wanted to say too about like masculinity with, like you said, like just needing a hug or, or that kind of like courage it takes to, to do that. Um, what I find is the most awful, painful thing, honestly, about being a man is that there's this weird limbo that I find men being trapped in where, you know, our we have these vital needs, right? Like, so food, shelter, water, love, safety, and belonging. And we need like people kind of poo poo love. They're like, Oh yeah, who cares about that? But the fact of the matter is it's actually a vital need. It regulates our nervous system. We need connection we need tribe. We need physical touch. It's how we're hardwired. So it's as important as food and water and shelter. And like when you're born, society is like, all right, Here's what you need to do to be loved and to belong. You have to disconnect from the feeling of love and belonging so that you'll be loved and belong. It doesn't even make sense. I mean, it's just, it's absolute insanity. So guys are like, oh, no, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Whatever. I don't need no love. I don't need no touch. I don't need you to hug me. That's weird. Until I drink or pop something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, because that's everybody. what's natural, yeah. right? Like the defense mechanism comes down, but the defense is there solely so that they'll be loved and belong. That's it. That's what it's, it thinks its purpose is. Yes. Yeah. Because if, you, if, you, if you're born, right, and society says, if you act kind of gay or something, like you, you're never going to, you can't hug other men. Nobody will love you and you won't belong. But yet hugging other men, other people is like love and belonging. Like that's what we need. Yes. We need that from each other. It's so insane. It's so it's insane. insane. And it starts so far back because it's like, it's easy to look at your dad and go, oh, well, what, what age did we stop hugging at or whatever? Because it kind of starts getting weird because the education that they, those guys got, it's kind of getting less and less as we go back. I don't know when, you'll probably know, when was the last time they changed the script on sexuality or anything like that is there even a script like where does the sex ed come from where does that information even come from is it even a thing because what i didn't talk- even have sex ed in school yeah i didn't even have it yeah it's not so don't i mean I and i will tell you i'll tell you something that i was really embarrassed of and now i'm kind of like it's just kind of funny um <laughs> when i was in school i went to school and i was like 20 how old am i now so 29 or something 28 29 and <laughs> I remember like there was a whole part of like female anatomy that we're, we're learning about. And I'm looking at this diagram and I 
learned that my pee hole was not inside of my clit, which I thought it was my entire life. I thought I was peeing out of my clit my whole life. That's how bad. That's how educated you were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we're not. <laughs> I have a vagina. Okay, like I, I don't even know where I'm peeing out of. Like it's insane. That is insane. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny because every time I tell a guy this, they're like, um, duh. And I'm like, but you're down there. Like you're, you're looking around down there. I'm not looking around down there. <laughs> so I don't know. I just go off feeling, right? So that's kind of a testament to, you know, it's 2020. I don't think sex ed has really come that far unless you have gone out and you, you seek that. But you're yes. not going to be you're not going to be handed that by society. The conversation I feel is only starting. Like I've I've got a, a few guys who I would see and be in circles with in um, Australia, Burren Bay kind of direction. There's a lot of tantric guys and gals out there that I'll be kind of watching and, and observing. But when I look here, I'm not saying that they're not here. I just haven't met them yet. But the conversation and the church and the indoctrination and I, I never make anything wrong or bad, but I, I'll call it what it is. Like, it's very, very, uh, I was just going to ask you actually, what do you, like that shame, that collective shame mm -hmm. that's here. I'm, I'm not looking for someone to blame, but it's very palpable. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it, I can feel it. Like uh, my journey coming home from Australia and the roller coaster I went on, it, it's only after three years or in hindsight, I can kind of look back and say, wow, I had to kind of come back into this grid or something. I had to kind of learn some new stuff when I go back onto this soil with being a father now and then all the different old stuff that would that I would have been doing before I left. And there's no getting away from that heavy, dense, sometimes you say shame and people don't really know what you're talking about. But to me, it's mm -hmm. very, not noticeable, I don't know what words I'm looking for here. It's heavy. You you feel it when, and then you feel when it's gone. Or you mm -hmm. feel when it activates any of those lower. I kind of just look at the, the, the table of consciousness and below courage is, draining you or, or need an energy from the environment whereas above courage empowerment neutrality willingness that's all kind of giving energy to the room so you can kind of notice when there's a, a cognitorning in the system it's kind of mm -hmm. the way i would i don't know do you delve deep into specific areas and or just do you help people navigate as as these things bubble up to the surface or a mix of it's a little bit of both actually yeah because everybody's different not every not every guy is carrying a lot of shame though masculinity like this idea of masculinity is very shaming. Like be okay. a man, like the statement of like yes. be a man is a shaming statement. Yep. So there is typically a, like guys, I find that guys carry a lot of shame. Um, That's a beautiful, I, I recognize that distinction where you talk, just the whole, the way you're spoken to big boys don't cry and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that's, mm -hmm. that's interesting. You should, you should feel bad that you have emotion. Yeah. Like you should feel bad that you're not living up to some, I mean, the, the idea of, of masculinity, masculinity that we have is so vague. Like I compare, I actually, I actually say like the idea of Santa Claus makes more sense because you know what Santa looks like, you know, how he acts, you know, what he wears, you know, when, you know, what he does for a living, you know, who his wife is, even if he doesn't exist. I see where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Whereas masculinity is like, I don't know. I guess I'm not supposed to cry or like touch people or like, Oh, I need to like really like blowing stuff up or like shooting things and driving really fast in my car. I'm like, sensing if you ask a thousand men that question, you'd probably get a thousand different answers. Yeah. Kind of exactly. a thing. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's so vague 
and everybody's trying to live up to this thing that's so vague. You can't live up to that. It doesn't exist. Instead of just being natural, like what's natural is we are all feeling beings. It's literally all we are. It's our only experience of life is feeling. <laughs> Do you ever have a moment where you're like, I shouldn't need to teach any of this stuff? Like even being here now, do you ever have a, like, how did we get so far away from, it's just like, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. And it, kind of circling back to the religion thing and like the shame, the societal shaming thing around like sexuality, you know, it's, it's really like, I had a lot of shame around my sexuality. It was very much like, even though my, my parents are pretty, my parents are like, they were young when they had me and they were very like, 80s hairband people like italians yeah they're italians <laughs> and they're just crazy people and like they were always like my, yeah. <laughs> they were always my my friends and i know that like people say like you shouldn't be your kids friends but like i have such a great relationship with my parents and i you know i even remember like i had an abortion when i was 18 and i remember finding out i was pregnant and it was like i knew my parents were not going to be happy with me but i also knew that i could go to them with that and they, even though they were like so Catholic, they drove me down to the abortion clinic and they were there for me even. And, and to this day, they like my dad, especially he feels like I'm going to fucking hell for you. <laughs> but it's like, I had these parents where I could talk to them about sex. Like it was always kind of joked about and like kind of in the forefront. Like my dad is like, has a very perverted sense of humor. So we always kind of like joked about sex and I can openly talk to my mom and my dad about my sex life, which people may find very bizarre for them or very. It's definitely rare, but powerful. Mm -hmm. It's super. Um, so you would think that I would have some kind of like, like level up shame, which I didn't because even, even though my parents were very open about it, you know, I still received messages from like, my mom was like, don't touch yourself. That's disgusting. You know, that kind of thing. Not real heavy, but you get that from going to church every week. It's a sin, you know, it's nasty. It's dirty. It's gross, whatever. And you hold on to that. And I remember even going through school. It was like when, when I was in school, because it's sex coaching, we literally had a self-pleasuring practice every single day for an entire year. And I just remember being like, I don't want to touch myself anymore. <laughs> like, God, gross. And like having my meltdown and having like so much resistance and feeling that like those like waves of shame and disgust for myself. So I think like, even if you have, like for me, I had such supportive parents and it was open still. You still just get these messages from society that it's, it's not good. And really very simply, it feels emotionally overwhelming. But the fact of the matter is, is like neurons that fire together, wire together. And so if your sexuality or the thought of sex is being coupled with shame every single time it gets brought up, then that's going to be your experience. Pleasure mixed with shame. If you don't have any of that, right? Like if you just have pleasure, then you're just going to experience pleasure or you experience pleasure or like whatever. I mean, it could be a million different emotions. So like taking that really overwhelming feeling and bringing it down, making it really small and seeing, oh, this, 
I just feel shame in my body when I masturbate because I've been practicing shame with self-pleasuring. That's it. And so like you can actually attach any emotion you want to self-pleasuring, to sex, to sexuality in general. Um, yeah. So you're just kind of discerning. Mm-hmm. you're kind of coaching to discern and, and, and kind of break that. I, I, I love that space. I love that space. That's kind of where I'd be coming from as well. We're kind of given the ability to coach oneself so that mm-hmm. if these overwhelming things come up, you just know how to navigate or you can bring them down. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like separating things. Um, you know, like I said, I like simplifying. So what I've really done is, is I've just simplified emotions down to like fear and love. So anything under the umbrella of fear activates the nervous system. Anything under the umbrella of love deactivates the nervous system and that's it. So most people, they feel something like, oh no, like, oh, like, and they get like really overwhelmed. But when you see that it's just an activation of the nervous system, it's your brain is detecting that one of your vital needs is being threatened. Most of the time it's love or belonging. Because nothing's really chasing us anymore. Um, <laughs> Not so, physically, anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it it makes it more digestible. You know, it makes it more like a bite-sized thing. It's like, oh, my nervous system is activated. Interesting. I wonder what what what's causing that. Instead and of catching oh, that early. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because typically we just live in these like emotional states for long periods of time, and they become. So so ingrained and so big that we just can't we don't even like the shame especially shame is such a powerful emotion but any of those emotions that activate the nervous system are a protection like they're there for a reason so shame is a protection shame is there to say if you engage in this no one's going to love you and you're not going to belong so without your tribe, you're going to be alone in the world and you're going to die. So if you just look at things from a very simple, like breaking down emotions like that is so helpful. Yes. So helpful. So back to your question, which is like, do I help people? Like, do I give them like what they should be working on? Or like, do I allow things to bubble up to the surface? It's a little bit of both because like you said, they, they need to have what I call like an upgrade. So like they need to have certain information and knowledge, like they need that blueprint for the airplane, but they also are going to have things bubble up to the surface that are an obstacle to building that old shit from their childhood or their past relationships or belief systems about themselves or whatever it is. So that's what I call healing. So I kind of do like a twofold thing where it's like healing and upgrading. Because if you upgrade and you have the knowledge to be able to like create what you want now, but you still have some program running that's like, no, that's unsafe. Or, you know, like, no, you don't want that because, you know, you could want something so bad. You could want a relationship so bad, but there is a program running in the background that's like, absolutely not. You know what happened last time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah that's powerful mm-hmm. yes the or the Ireland thing um is is very interesting for me to look at when i'm when i'm thinking about 
when I'm over on sites in Australia, I'm looking at the guys over there, even the females as well. They're just so much more open. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I, I was going to say to you, do you think that everything is from this life? Like, or do you reckon you kind of, this kind of stuff comes in? You, sometimes you, I feel sometimes I'm dealing with stuff that I don't know what it is. It's like you're saying, the programs that you can't see, sometimes you're just feeling and dealing with stuff or healing it. And you can never really know where this is coming from. You can just notice that there's something, there's something off here. Yeah. yeah. So are you asking me if I believe that we have past lives? Well, do you reckon it's all from here? Like, do you reckon it's, because I, th- I don't think there's one size fits all with like a dad saying this or a church. I can, sometimes there's just no explanation for, for feeling a certain way and not be able to see outside that bubble. So it's funny you say that because I, I actually was just thinking this the other day where, you know, our emotions are so fluid. And like, I think even you could do tons and tons and tons of work around your emotions. And there are, it seems like every other day you wake up and you're just kind of like, yay, or, <gasps> you know, <laughs> and I noticed that that is, um, that's a theme with pretty much everyone I know. And it's not like a male versus female thing. It's an everybody thing. Um, and I was, you know, I was thinking like, have you ever read about the double slit theory? No. So essentially I'm probably going to butcher or butcher this, but <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> um, it's, it's essentially where the scientists who are studying quantum mechanics, quantum physics, they take a single particle and they try to shoot it through one of two slits. And if you are observing this particle, it stays in particle form and it will go through one of the two slits. Yes, I think I know what you mean. If you are not observing the particle, it turns into a wave and it goes through both slits simultaneously. So the theory is that the particle itself has consciousness and it knows if it's being watched. And it could be us looking at it or it could be a camera looking at it. So it's like, (laughs) I don't even know how to use my brain to like understand that. But the thing I was thinking the other day is, is that's true. And every particle has consciousness or like, there is like a consciousness that is in all of these particles. Also, if two particles are like together and you separate them and you could put them on either side of the universe, whatever change is made to that particle will be instantly made to the other particle. So something very bizarre is happening. Yes. And I was thinking the other day, like maybe there's some shift around us that affects us some shift in this these particles consciousness or some vibration um there's definitely like um like people say like the consciousness of the planet or whatever which is like everybody's consciousness that comes together but i actually was thinking of it in different terms whereas like the particles around us have a separate consciousness um so i don't know I mean, I don't know, but I can tell you, like, there are days where I wake up and I'm just like, yeah. are we doing this? <laughs> I hear There's you. No I reason. think I think I think I think that's the whole sometimes in the spiritual communities or conscious communities, like it's all love and light and there are no weeds. 
you know, and then it's like everything's supposed to be porpoise and jet skis and palm trees every day, and it's just not the case. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you on that. Some, uh, I suppose just to, to, to sum that up, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. When you have your own individuated consciousness that can discern and feel for itself, that's that's really all there is to it. I could, I'd love to get everybody there. Like that, I'd love to get everybody there. Like there's so much, obviously, the only reason why we can't live there is because beliefs programs conditions of conditions ways of thinking and being that we can't actually um, um it's the language i'm trying to get to this language now to get it out far and wide mm-hmm. because i think there's no more important time in history for us to really understand consciousness for ourselves. Mm-hmm. and the thing i love about that is nobody can tell you how you're feeling nobody can tell you you know so it's the whole maybe this construction site conversation is probably going to where, where i'll meet some of the men now because they have no construction to go to they have no soccer to go to on the weekend. They're getting to know their missus. It's like there's there's got to be something there that we can kind of. I, I feel that it's all perfect. I feel everything's cooking up the perfect storm inside everybody and everybody. There's no mistakes. Everything's perfect. So yeah, that whole is there a past life? Is there not? It's just one big cosmic soup, isn't it? Really, it's just yeah. and we have our individual, and then we have our collective. And if we can all work together, we'll tip the scales of that collective, and it will be a, a different planet for the kids. That sounds yeah. far-fetched for some, but I mean, to me, it's it's common sense at this point. I don't think it's far-fetched even a little bit. I think it's just the, the natural way that it's going. Yeah. I so mean, we used, to, we used to be apes, and now, <laughs> now we have little computers in our pockets, right? Mm. Like, it's really not far-fetched at all. Like, no, we, we fly ourselves to the moon. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, we used to be apes. Like, it's crazy. Um, so our consciousness is just going to keep growing um, and I think it's sort of like an evolve or die thing. Like people who can't, yeah. Like people who just can't up level their consciousness or they're resistant to it. Like eventually that's just going to get weeded out. Yeah. It's like um, a fork in the roads right now. So you're mm-hmm. going that whole more wave, less particle over this side. And then the dense heavy energies are going to fizzle out. I do believe that I do believe we're right in the middle of that right now. I think like something that's kind of coming to me right now is, you know, we had, we had this interesting, like my theory on being hunter hunters and gatherers is like, we had this really great balance between these two areas of our brain. So our brainstem doesn't give a shit about our happiness or fulfillment. Like it just wants to keep us from dying. So it, it likes routine. It, it likes to be able to predict the future. It doesn't care if you hate your job. It just knows that that job gives you money and you can eat food, right? So it's not, it's not looking to change things. It doesn't like change. Then you have like the frontal lobes where you, that part of the brain is its sole purpose is like learning. So it needs, how do you learn? Through newness, right? Like you need newness to learn anything. And so my theory on like being hunter gatherer is that we had the routine and the safety of the tribe, those like 150 people that we would, we would be with all the time. And the spontaneity aspect would be that we would be traveling all together. We would see something new. We'd eat something new every single day. So we had this like really amazing balance between these two minds. And now what we've done is we've gone so heavy on the physical safety, like the physical needs that now it's like, you got people who are so obese, (laughs) like it's actually, it's actually going to kill you. You have so much food. 
Um, <laughs> and you could just, no, you're not going to get eaten by a lion, essentially. You know, like you're not going to, unless you're in a third world country, you have clean water, you're going to be able to, to stay hydrated. And so it's like, we have that now, but we're lacking fulfillment because we're not learning anything new and we're stuck in these, these fear-based routines. And so I feel now there's such a push for um, like raising consciousness because that part of the brain, it needs development, it needs growth, it needs progress. Like that's what we really need for fulfillment. And so I feel like now there's going to be this kind of tip towards these other needs, the, the, the psychological needs, because those aren't necessarily being met in our modern civilization. The physical needs, totally. But the psychological needs, not so much with all the conditioning we have. Everybody, nobody's feeling really fulfilled. They're not feeling really loved. They're not really disconnected. Like they belong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think... I like to think about things very differently. I find that, that there, there's a lot of theories and stuff out there where they're just kind of sh continuing to shame people. Like this idea of cell phones. Everybody's like, oh my God, the cell phones are destroying us and they're destroying connection in life. Well, actually what I see is how deeply people need to connect. Like I would look out from my window in New York and just watch people walking down the street and I noticed that every single person, almost every single person, if they weren't walking with somebody, they were on their phone. And part of that is because, you know, we're not really meant to be seeing hundreds of new people every day. You know, we would have had our, our little tribe and once in a while we would come across another tribe and we might be like looking at their face, like, are you going to hurt us? Or are you going to join us? Right. But we haven't grown out of that. Like we haven't evolved. That part of the brain hasn't evolved past that. So Every single time you see somebody you don't know, it activates the nervous system. Even if it's very subtle, it's like, oh, is that person going to hurt me? Or are they going to be my friend? Oh, right? So the phone is the ability to feel that you're carrying your tribe with you. It's a safety mechanism, right? And if you need to connect, if you're lonely, that's what it's for. That's why everybody is on their phone 24 seven, mm -hmm. right? It's so more meditative as well, isn't it? Is it? it is. Sometimes it you is. can't get out. <laughs> and, and I hate the argument that these people are making where they're like, oh, it's making us disconnect from each other. I don't believe that at all. What, it, what it's doing, what I think it's doing is making it more apparent how deeply we need to connect with each other, like so badly, so badly. I don't think it's disconnecting us at all. I agree. Well, if you look at something like COVID-19, what we're in right now, without uh, internet and smartphones, it would be, there would be pandemonium everywhere mm -hmm. because there's, you would only have, you know, the mainstream narrative, mm -hmm. which is God knows where we'd be. I thought well, you were going to say newspaper because you, when you go back years ago, everybody was just reading the newspaper on the train. So he picked Gary Vaynerchuk, put that yeah. up before, and he just like, <laughs> he, he, he has a similar argument with regards to the phone. Like, just get over it. It's here. Stop fighting it, you know? But yeah. you can see everybody in the 60s and stuff like that just had the paper on the front of the face. Mm -hmm. no it's a safety small. mechanism. It's, it's something that's known. So, like, the newspaper was a little bit different because, you know, you can just... Yeah in that scenario, cause like you couldn't just use it to like contact somebody, you know, who's safe. Right. But there is this connectedness when it comes to the newspaper, because it's information that's being shared with tons of people. So it's, there is like a connection aspect, 
But I also think like, think about the newspaper, like it blocks, yeah. right? So it's like a little bit of a boundary when, for like that little subtle thing that's happening in the nervous system. Like, mm-hmm. okay, put the newspaper up. I'm yeah. safe. No strangers <laughs> welcome. It's like, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's funny, like with the quarantine and talking about physical touch, I actually just posted on my Instagram, like, you know, I'm at, like, this is now, tomorrow will be seven weeks since like I touched another person. And, um, and like, it's starting to like really get me. Like now I'm like, oh my God, I need to touch someone. <laughs> and we kind of break the rules a little bit down here. Just Florida is a little bit lax when it comes to everything. They're already reopening everything, but you know, like if I see a friend or something, I'm like, I, I ha- like, I'm sorry, I have to hug you. Like I saw my grandfather, he, he works at um, a supermarket and uh, I saw him and I haven't seen him since probably January. And I was like, I want to hug you. And he was like, I'm hugging you. And he like came oh, over awesome. in the middle of the store and he's like, where for him? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was asking, you know, people on my Instagram, how long they feel they can go without physical touch you know if they if they're quarantined without a partner or something where where are they at with that and i'm i'm finding seven weeks and i notice that when i really need it and i'm not getting it and this isn't just a quarantine thing this is something i've observed in myself i can't get off my phone i mean i'm obsessively reaching for my phone because i just know like my brain's like there's people in there (laughs) yeah somebody might be able to touch you and there's so much yeah no I, I find that this period is actually busier it, you, technically you should have more time but i think that it's busier like just even the amount of different like i mean all your favorite people like i had in week one and two it was great all your favorite people are doing open masterminds and yogas and stuff and like i'm just like whoa i actually it's just too much it's just yeah. the, the internet got so loud and it's like you're noticing i'm keeping up on what trump's doing a little bit checking up a little bit what 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 Leo Bradker's doing over here. I don't have the TV hooked up at all, so it's all just internet basis to see what's going on. But sometimes, in the early stages, I was watching two hours of Trump, like two, three, four nights of that. I'm like, why would, whoa. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would uh, you do you want to go into it? Do you want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> I like the guy. I actually, I have so much. I think, I think, uh, I'm going to go out and, and say, anyway, I think that what he's doing, um, is 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 going to really elevate that consciousness because I, I just see the way he's articulating himself, the, the the what he's making people say. It's all for the bigger picture. I feel well. I do like, believe. Can you give me an example, like what you see? Well, there's conspiracy theories around what he's up to and 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 the opposite to the cabal and elite. But I'll stay away from that because my observation of him, like the way he handles mainstream media. The way he constantly calls them, I just I have so much admiration for that. The fact that he stands up on that podium day after day after day after day where people in the audience or in the press are actually literally trying to annihilate him and waiting for one piece that they can soundbite and just attack him with the next day. And he still gets up and does it and he still gets up and it's like countries are companies. So he's doing a good job with the company of America or the country of America because He's done all the things he said he was going to do. This has, I genuinely believe that this has surprised him. I genuinely believe that he's already pulling funding from this place and he's already pulling funding from that place. I reckon he knows a lot more about the shadowy aspects than he obviously, he doesn't tell anybody about the shadowy aspects. He, he kind mm-hmm. of just does his thing every single day. But I do believe that behind the scenes, he's making some moves. 
I really do because he doesn't even take wages. And the way I watched a little bit of the rally when he was getting in, as I, I don't watch TV or politics much, but when I seen him getting in, I just sensed with my instinct, I was like, this is going to be good. I said, it's just like you look at them all and it's business as usual if Hillary gets in there. It's just like, okay, where were we, Obama? And then everything just keeps going along. I said, but this guy getting in, he's going to, I don't know what he's going to do, but I think it's going to break some stuff. And only to, only time will tell, I suppose, if I'm uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the U.S. is a very different place. One of the things I really noticed so was... Big. Um, it's so big, it's yeah. so big! Like, I, I had to go online one day and be like, how big is Ireland compared to, like, New York? And it's, like, half the size of New York State. And I'm like, New York whoa. State. whoa. <laughs> Just itself, it's half the size. <laughs> like, wow. Population um, or just actual? No, the actual land mass. Wow. Half the size <laughs> of New York State. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And even Florida, it's like, you know, you can drive north to south in, in Ireland in like five hours, you know, and like east to west in like, what, three, three and a half mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. And it's like Florida, you know, it's like so long. Like you can go across the state in three hours, but from top to bottom, it's like eight hours or something ridiculous. Nice. So even, even that, like... It, it's it's kind of funny it's like when you start comparing things but i did notice there are some very interesting things that i notice about ireland when it, we talk about like dynamics or tribe or that kind of thing and one of the things that i really appreciate like you're saying you appreciate about the us i appreciate about ireland is the my theory is that because you guys have sort of sustained a specific culture for 10,000 years. I mean, it was mildly disrupted, I would say, from in, invaders, mildly disrupted from invaders, um, who were also other white people, right? Like they weren't like that different from you guys. Um, I noticed that there is this sort of like your your nervous systems seem to be more regulated than people in the US. It's like, you know who you are and you know where you belong. And, and it's so funny because every time I talk about the ancestry DNA thing with, with anybody from Ireland, they're like, oh, never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, because you're Irish and that's it. <laughs> in the US, it's like, you have no idea what you are. Um, and there is, there's like this, even for me, you know, my, my, my grandfather's, um, you know, his dad's parents, they came, his dad came from Ireland and his mom came from Denmark. And then everybody else that came was from Italy, everybody else. So it's like, okay, I'm Italian, 75%. I'm sort of Irish, but maybe not. Uh, I don't know anything about Denmark, so we'll just skip that. <laughs> Let it go for now. Just <laughs> <laughs> forget about that. You know, and so, but then, like, for me, you know, New York is my home. It's it's sort of where it's it's my identity. But I go to Italy, which is, like, considered the motherland. And you don't really feel like you belong there. You know, people look at you like, who are you? You're clearly American or whatever, right? Or, um, you know, you just kind of don't really know where your place is in the world as an American, I feel like. Unless you're just, like, one of those real American peoples. Like, like... I live in Texas and like yeah. America is my home. And if you don't speak English, <laughs> get the fuck out. You know, like they know where Still they belong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 
I, I noticed this, like this tribal aspect to Ireland and everybody seems to be much more regulated and they seem to be like, when you come over there, they're just like, hi, like they're just so not threatened 24 seven. Now there are people who are the exception, obviously that's going to be anywhere. But I just noticed that like in a place where you've had the same you, you've had the same people, you've essentially had the same traditions until like Catholicism came. Um, not much has changed. I mean, the, the real impressive thing is that you have things in Ireland that are 9,000 years old that haven't been graffiti. I mean, in New York, you build a building, 10 minutes built, someone just put graffiti on it. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> in Ireland, 10,000 years ago, built something and you're like, no, 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 leave it alone. <laughs> It's there's so much crazy. mystery you think there's so much mystery to the to the history here oh in the, my in the culture there's so much that's unknown you agree oh my all god the stone yeah, circles like, and stuff like oh, that there's some magical yeah magical. nice word yeah i agree yes and that's that's the that's the feeling that you get as an outsider coming to ireland i actually had no desire to come there i went there because one of my boyfriends at the time was like oh, i really want to go there and i was like i've never left the country I want to go to fucking Italy. I want to go to Ireland. Who wants to go to Ireland? And then I get there and I was like, oh, I never want to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was amazing. And I actually just had a conversation with a, a friend who he's English and he said the same thing. He's like, I never had a desire to go to Ireland. He's like, and I went like two years ago. He's like, the plane landed and I was just like, oh my God, where am I? This is like, he's like, there's something about the energy there. It's like, magical like i know <laughs> i loved it i i, I love I've, I've kind of a little rebel inside me i grew up listening to all the Irish tunes and all that but i only really started to respect it after australia you know when you're kind of in australia being the tourist you're going to these parks and stuff and i'm like i never went around my own country in this way and mm -hmm. it's so beautiful it's so beautiful here it's so vastly countrysidey if i don't yes. want the better words but everybody's just huddled around the port in dublin you know yeah, it, it is. And I, I kept saying, like, when I was going to buy the cottage, I'm like, Man, I, could just, I could literally buy this anywhere. I can buy it anywhere. And the furthest away something's going to be is like a couple hours. Yeah, coming from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like the bar is set, even, even the high bar is set really low here. I, I've been feeling into that lately and I've just been picking up bit, bits of information. I think we're so control is probably not the right word but we're so there's there's an, there's an invisible barrier with regards to our income and our cap and our potential and just 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 going after what we want I've, i often say where i want to be in three years or five years and people regularly say to me sure we all want that oh why the fuck aren't you going after it then you know like it's, it's like there's a real we have different names around the world and sometimes it's a uh, it's not it's for kind of being dumb sometimes they that's real Irish. But I think it's, it's going to be universal. I think, it, I think it happens around the globe. But there's so many things that an Irish person, in my experience, would shut the door on based off of one phrase like that. How oh, should we all want that? And then back to what they're doing. Or Australia, how yeah. oh, should our spiders over there? And back to the, it's just one, one <laughs> sentence. That's something I would just, say. There's spiders <laughs> over there. <laughs> and then just back to there. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. But you I know, do, I think the bar is high, like, uh, uh, it's quite low. Like even the, polit the highest paid politicians, highest paid TV hosts, highest paid radio presenter, it's really, and even the football, it's just, it's not even in comparison to our neighbors across the water there 
in the UK. Yeah. And I'm just starting to think like, is that kind of intentional? Because I, this is kind of my theory. There's so much magic here that if we really truly all felt into that, it'd be a very different country with a very different uh, hierarchy, if you like, a very different government. And talk about manifesting abundance, like with that energy, with that magic. Exactly. I agree with you with the feeling there is definitely, and, and it's, it's definitely ingrained in the culture where I noticed that it's you, 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 you're not meant to be showing things off. Suppression is probably the word. Like it just mm-hmm. it seems to be weaved through us a lot. Don't be too big. Don't be too bright. Don't have too much money. Don't have too big of a house. Like that's the, that's definitely the feeling I get. Like it, and then if and you I do get that, it's just like they probably ah, he was always going to get that that guy. He was always going to do it. <laughs> so funny. But I think it's it think it 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 might be more of like the tribe thing that I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. Where it's like there needs to there's like this equality. Like if you have it and nobody else has it, then are you still part of our tribe? What does that mean? What does that mean for me? That's a very that interesting mean? perspective. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, believe it or not, even though in America, we, everything's big and we're very wasteful and, um, there is that same mentality, middle-class and lower-class, it's the same mentality. I mean, I remember, so in my last life, I was, I owned a, I actually still own a salon here in Florida with hairstylist and I owned a salon and, um, I remember like when I was getting ready to like retire, I did it for 14 years. I was getting ready to retire and I'm telling all my favorite clients, like, all right, I'm done, you know? And they're like, but didn't you just buy a house? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you, what are you going to do? I'm like, hmm, rent the house, sell it. I don't know. They're like, Oh my God. Like it was just beyond like yeah. for them, it was like the American dream. You work and you get a down payment and you buy a house and that's it. Period. End of story. That's yes, and then, when, and then when you get that, you don't mess it up. Like, what are you doing? Everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. trying to just put the pieces back. No, no, stay. Everything just stay. They're like, you're messing it up. You're yeah. totally messing it up. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, no. That's just a piece of the puzzle here. I think a lot of us are going to be getting over that whole fear of change or uncertainty in this time, that in this unprecedented time. Like, for me, sometimes I say it's a crazy time, and then I find myself laughing inside because it's a beautiful time. Like I know there's restrictions and stuff like that, but I do believe it's a purge and we're all getting to see ourselves. But the other side of that, which I'm not too giddy about is the people who don't know what maybe you or I know or um, coping mechanisms aren't the healthiest or stuff like that. It's a, that's a, that's a, a gray area where we all want to help everybody, but that's actually when it, when I even just let it percolate in my head, it's a bit of a weird thought to be having in this time where we're all kind of growing and expanding that there's some people who are having a really difficult time right now. Mm-hmm. So difficult because their nervous system was, was already activated before this. And now they can't regulate because they can't see anybody. They can't touch anybody. I know several people who are in that. They have these, these soul crushing belief systems that make them feel so deeply unlovable to begin with. And the couple of people that regulate that for them, they, they can't even get to, they can't even reach. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely see that. And then of course, you know, you've got people, it was funny. Like I, I really caught myself at the beginning of this and I just kept saying, I kept saying at like very unconsciously, 
well, that's it for me. My job's going to be the first job to go. Like thinking, cause my, in my head, I was like, nobody's going to pay for coaching. Anyone gives a shit about that. You know, like they don't understand that that's the, probably the, it is the most important thing you can do in this life, mm -hmm. but normal people, they're not going to get that. They're just going to be like, bye, I'm not paying for that anymore. Um, and I realized like, how silly, like when I finally brought some consciousness to it, I was like, what am I talking about? The first jobs to go are people working at bars and restaurants, not my job. Mm. I work remotely. Like <laughs> this is so absurd. The transformation business. I believe this is the, this is the time for transformation. There's so many questions. What, what would you say to those guys? What would you say to those people? If you could in a paragraph or a, to, to which people, like just, people just for someone who is like, say, say me when I'm 21, 22 and this happened, it probably wouldn't have been, but just say it was, and I was just drinking more or trying to party more or then all of a sudden, cause like, this is actually a thing right now, but drugs can't get the people in, in Ireland. There's, there's people coming up from the country on the train and being torn back. There's people who beg for money who there's nobody in town anymore. So there's mm. so many people in such chaos. I'm just curious as to what your mind would say if you could to those guys, you know, random question. To the people who are like really- Who maybe can't see any light, just feel like it's dark, it's mm. over, like it's just hard. Drink's not working for me. Yeah, I can't see anybody, I can't touch anyone. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? It is, and this is something that I always come back to, two things. The first thing is, that it is, you know, it, it's, it's difficult to, to give this piece of advice to somebody who has no money, has no food, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that this is a moment in time and it's going to pass. It has to pass. Nobody can survive like this. Even the richest of the rich, they can't survive like this. So at least you know that your survival is tied to everyone's survival. And maybe you're being hit the hardest, but everybody's survival is tied together. Yeah. You're just maybe feeling it the most. So it's, it's going to pass. It has to pass. It's just a moment in time. And then the second piece would be to feel into trust. And this, this I find is the most difficult for anybody who doesn't feel that there is something bigger than them. I don't necessarily believe in God, but I definitely believe in like the universe or some kind of universal energy. And I feel that I can trust in that. Like I feel that, that there is something out there that is love and has my highest good in mind. Um, and so when things get really hard for me and I want to go down that path of just like, woe is me, or I'm a victim, or even when things are actually hard and scary, I will really feel into trust and I, and I actually will scan my body and find a place inside of my own body that feels like trust. Like it could be in my big toe or something. <laughs> typically, <laughs> typically, I feel, gotcha. <laughs> typically I feel it in my, in my womb, which is a very bizarre place for me to feel it because I, I was always like, you know, I always felt like having children was like the scariest thing ever. Now I'm like getting to a place where I'm like, yeah, I want, I think I want to do that. But um, that's typically where I feel trust in my body is this like space where my womb is. It just feels like quietness and calmness and just like sort of all knowing, like 
trusting energy. So those are the two things is just knowing that it is going to pass. It will pass. It's a moment in time and trusting like just like you don't have to trust anything specifically, but just feeling into the energy, the emotion of trust. That's powerful. As you were saying that I was really feeling into like, you know, the whole, when, when, when it does get hard, we tend to kind of drop to our knees or get to the floor. So mm. as you were saying that I was going to feeling that that's the guidance that's available when you actually open to, it or you've just had enough, that guidance is available to, I suppose that question comes from a place of a little bit of guilt in me of how good I feel sometimes mm-hmm. when it's so chaotic I kind of feel like if I go around smiling all the time I'm almost insulting people mm-hmm. that's something that I feel I'm feeling into often and I'm not going I don't want it to stop me but I definitely have noticed that it has because like mm-hmm. even when I got excited about what's happening I kind of tend to go to the other extreme and then I ask a question on that more of the time and I kind of notice that that's it's weird how we work sometimes isn't it yeah because we need to belong yeah we need to belong. So if everybody's upset and you're happy, then they're going to be like, get out of our tribe. Yeah. It always comes back to those, those things, you know, yeah, it always nice. comes back. But that's something that we've, my, my friend Eli, who's been staying with me, um, we've, we've really like, you know, cause we live in New York and most of the people we know live in New York and they're all miserable right now. We're posting pictures of like us sitting on the beach and everybody's just like in an uproar, like, how could you do yeah, this to yeah, us? And, and you know, the thing is, is, I, I was trying to explain to him because he was feeling the same way and sometimes I feel like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that people like me or him or you, we've worked really, really hard on our internal environment. And we actually deserve to feel good in the unknown because we've worked to create that. And the part of us that says that we don't deserve that, we shouldn't do that is just the piece that's like, you're not going to belong if you do this. But I see it as like, who can I bring with me? Who can I, and that's your whole thing, right? That's and like, and the, I've just seen the whole bearing fruits. Like you're, you're building that strength inside. So you're leaning over now and bearing some fruits and then, mm-hmm. I love the phrase, I've been saying it a lot over the last couple of years, but the tree voted for the axe because it was made out of wood. So the guys are kind of nipping at you. You're trying to drop some fruit off and metaphorically speaking, and there's other guys over here just hacking away at you and they're made out of wood themselves. <laughs> so interesting. That's it's yeah. so interesting. That dynamic is really playing out in my whole world at the moment. Mm-hmm. Who I was, who I am now, I can mix in many different worlds now and I feel like I'm a bridge. Mm-hmm. It's just really getting that message right so that I can pull as many people over that bridge as I can. And I love that. Like that's where you and I could really work together because I don't like taking people from D to C. I like taking people from B to A or increasing people from A to A plus. And it's not that I even don't like it. It's just not my passion. Oh, I hear you. But like that is, it's the most important thing is bringing those people who are down here who need to like open up to become aware so that they can be fulfilled. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that um, that's one thing that actually became very clear to me in this, in this quarantine was that the, the clients that I did have who 
I was, it was like a struggle for me. It was like an energy drain for me to have to give them the basics. Really difficult for me. Whereas I, where you're like, I've got all these pieces of me and I can kind of rotate through them. I, not necessarily that I don't have those pieces anymore, but I'm done with that. I hear what you're saying. Ask me again in six months. Ask me again in six months if I keep doing that or I just start (laughs) teaching and training coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just like a lot of the time I often say that if I was going to make the big time in that personal development world on Facebook, it would have happened four years ago or or more because I was just a guy that I kind of hit my panic attacks and stuff and Mm. start questioning things. and, And my mates around me were just like, way Johnny will you stop have a have a point and I'm like nah the points aren't working lads it's a it's more than that and I went on my journey and then when I'm finding information I'm just starting to get a whole new lease of life going I can't believe this information was here all the time like why why did I learn about this in school like why why were they telling me about this and I was just blown away and I was sharing everything on the internet but I think that's where the whole he's he's leaving the tribe started you know and I kind of just got really comfortable being alone yeah, that's, that's literally, that's something that comes up every single time for, for especially clients and stuff when they start to up-level their consciousness. People fall away. People fall 100%. away. Because to have a very successful, long-term relationship, and that's not just a love relationship, friendships, anything that's going to last an extended period of time, two people have to grow at relatively the same rate. If you're, if you're on a different level of consciousness and you're like, oh my God, like I just realized this thing inside of me, I had this epiphany, it's so insane. And your friend's like, what's wrong with you? Johnny's speaking how, Chinese again. Yeah, how can you, <laughs> yeah. how can you do, you know, you're going to go hang out with those people when you when you just feel like being surface, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's not a judgment. That's not anything. It's just, no, it's just an saying, observation. No, I always find it difficult. A lot of time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's true. And actually something that just came to my mind talking about like insulting people. Right. I noticed like I'm in this, this, you know, new love relationship and it is amazing. Like it is, I mean, I literally asked the universe for this and it like happened and I have no one to share it with. Like, especially now, like no one wants to hear about your fucking love relationship. Like they don't give a shit if it's going yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. If it's going bad, tell me all about it. Let's 100%. talk about what it is. <laughs> but if it's going great, get away from me. I hate you. And so I actually, last week I, <laughs> last week I decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to the couple of people I know. I mean, I'm talking very few people I know who are in conscious relationships who are in good healthy places with their partner and I'm going to see if they just want to get on zoom once a week and celebrate the love that they have like talk about what was amazing about their relationship in the past week um because you know it's like people they just most people they just want to like complain about shit like we have so much even I was on a zoom call earlier today with a bunch of colleagues And we usually do this thing called um, celebrations, desires, and fears. And I remember this one girl was like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't really have anything to celebrate right now. And I'm like, oh my, like people living in Syria and there's COVID. 
dig deep. And they could probably come up with something to celebrate. And you're telling me you ain't got nothing, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it is what it is, but I, I it's a human condition. I think that's, that's the human condition. They don't, we all hear those phrases. Uh, he means well, she means well. Yes, they do. They just got some habits and conditions that rare up. And it's like, it's almost like, ah, that's just the way he is. Ah, that's just the way she is. Let him get it off his chest. Let her get it off his chest. They'll be grand in a minute or they'll be okay tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever gets stressed. That kind of frustrates. It used to frustrate, not so much anymore. But I just want to, I just want to shake some people up, you know, sometimes. Because <laughs> it's like, you can't feel, like for me, I hit rock bottom in a sense. I didn't know any way out. So then all of a sudden I start finding these breadcrumbs of excitement. But for someone who's just in that comfortability trap, I call it, or the familiar trap, because it's not comfortable, don't realize what you're missing. You don't realize what you're not having in your life, you know? So it's... Um, you don't know even what's available to you. Yes. You only know the channel you're on. You don't know what this channel is, is talking about. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What else was I going to say to you? Um, with, with couples, conscious coupling, are you, do you push monogamy or polyamy or whatever for the individual or not push wrong word? But. In coaching or in my life? In your life in, and in coaching. Obviously in coaching, it's for the individual, but in your circles. Yeah. So in, in coaching, it's whatever is true for that client. So I don't have like a doctrine. I mean, I have like principles that are very important when I'm working with a man on masculinity, let's say there are some like basic important principles, but um, those principles are put in place to get them to the goal or the outcome that they desire. So it's the same thing for, you know, a a couple that comes and they say like, we want to be monogamous or polyamorous or whatever it is, that is their outcome. So then I show them how to navigate that in my own life. Um, what I really believe in is unconditional love. So what that means to me is the ability to accept all parts of a person, regardless of whether or not those parts fulfill your needs. So to look at my partner and know that if I'm going to love him unconditionally, it means loving the things that are not there to serve me his desire for other people or his natural sexual response to some people is natural to him. It's natural to us as human beings. And who am I to be like, you can't have that. I can't, I don't even have that power. I don't even have that power. So what ends up happening is you, you, you are in relationship repressed. Now there are people out there who truly desire monogamy and they come together and they create a monogamous relationship and that's great. For me, I don't, I don't really believe necessarily in like labeling something like monogamous or polyamorous. It's really just like unconditional freedom. love. Yeah, freedom. Yeah, freedom. Yeah, freedom and, and love are the same thing. It's an acceptance. They're all the same thing. So it's just being able to accept my partner for the dimensional person that he is and also being accepted right so like i get to be fully expressed and say you know like here's all of me and then that person gets to say like yes to all of that that's how i want to be loved and that's how i love so like in my relationship now we're completely on the same page as that 
But at the point we are in our relationship, we really just are obsessed with each other. <laughs> we don't want anyone else, right? Like we give, yeah, yeah. we give each other the opportunity to do that. And, but it's just kind of like, nothing is as good right now, you know? So it's like, we're technically in an open relationship, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's open all the time. I hear you. That to me is common. That to me makes so much sense. Like that, that feels the way I'm worried. I come up and I'm doing lots of things around beliefs myself there. And you can feel the indoctrination and conditioning. It's big Mm. in, in culture, but that to me, what you just said is just true, you know? And then there's so much potential shit can come with that sometimes Mm -hmm. and i think too like when you think about back i know i bring up the hunter gatherer thing all the time but i feel like you know we would have had you know scientists say that we would have had like 150 people on our tribe and i don't think that you know naturally biologically we are not a monogamous species it's the reason women are multi-orgasmic we're meant to have sex with many different men on the same day and the strongest to see who's the strongest and stuff like that yeah and to well to be able to our bodies will be able to produce the most genetically healthy baby by receiving a bunch of different semen on the same day you know plus the child then has a tribe sorry for putting into you but that tribe thing is very important like yeah 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 yeah. but i think like we would have had sex within our tribe and um it i don't think there would have been the jealousy aspect I don't think it would, no. I don't think there would have been just because those people belong to you and you belong to them. And so it's not like somebody's going to take that person and go to another tribe. Like you're, you're not going to lose that person and you're going to keep everybody else. Whereas in our society now, like really what ends up happening is our partner is our tribe. That's it. It's just the partner. And somebody could come along and take them away and, and go make another tribe with him. And then you're alone. So I think that's why the jealousy is so intense for us, even though we're not necessarily biologically monogamous um so it's just about overcoming that i mean our 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 consciousness can direct our biology like our thoughts we're 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 conscious creators so we can create a thought and that thought affects our biology it affects our body so I say to people, you know like because people ask me all the time like oh is monogamy monogamy or this or that and I'm like it's whatever you desire to create. You get to choose that. But you're want- such a powerful personal, sorry, powerful personal development. If you're opening to, if you're opening up to your true desires and then giving the other the capacity to do that as well. Cause I, there's so many different dynamics in it. Like the man can get jealous and like, I'm, I'm allowed to do this. It's this typical men's attitude, but you're not. And I'm looking into like our kids are young. So it's kind of just all conversation at the moment. But if you haven't got the capacity to allow your woman to have the same freedoms as you, well, then you're not being true fully to yourself because that's just possessive and control and all these other little things. Whereas me, I just, I just want to be free. I just want to be empowered. I don't want any pockets of myself separate from me. You know, that's, that's kind of my journey is just yes. to bring everything home. Oh my God. Yes. Bring everything yeah. home good, bad, and ugly, and then difficult conversations are going to happen. But when I'm talking to you here about this, if I was to talk to this, like anybody who I knew growing up, they wouldn't even really be able to hold the conversation without it getting either weird or giddy. Triggered, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even the whole word tantra. When I first stumbled across tantra, I was actually going for me headspace. I went to this spiritual circle, and this funny story, this woman just started orgasming 
in the circle. And to me, like, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, <laughs> Tantra, and I'm scratching my head. I'm only, it was seven years ago, and I was 25 or something. But to me, it was just, and I came home to Natasha, and I started talking about Tantra, and this thing, she's like, she didn't know. So I got to hear all the unconscious beliefs, because I didn't know anything about it. So when I said it, I was just after discovering and having a bit of laugh at this woman doing this in the circle she was talking about having a teenage daughter and sometimes this happens in the shop you know <laughs> and i went home with but it's just like you really hear the beliefs then like you're just going it's a so tantra in the west is kind of associated with sleaziness mm-hmm. or yeah. sh- shady perverted kind of an attitude or, or demeanor which is weird to me but obviously i understand it now but it was weird to me at the time it's so strange oh yeah i know and like if you could i mean oh geez like what we went through because my school is called the tantric institute of integrated sexuality so all we did all day was tantric practices and opening ourselves up and orgasming a lot i mean it was just like pure feminine energy that was like a good school seven it was definitely a great school but you know for somebody like me most of the women who were there felt very very safe in the feminine and they felt unsafe with the masculine so for me i was the complete opposite and I was just like triggered all the time by all these women and their emotions. Dramatic. Yeah. So, oh my God, it was like murder me. And, um, and so that was my work, right? Like I had to work through that, those belief systems and those triggers and stuff. And, um, and yeah, like, and actually one of the misconceptions about Tantra is that people think it's like all about sex, but really Tantra is, it's not a religion. It's sort of like a philosophy. Um, and it's just about deconditioning yourself back to your original essence. So they really, what they believe is to get rid of the conditions that cause you, like if you read like Osho, for example, he talks a lot, I love his use of the term schizophrenia or being schizophrenic, really means like this split, the split inside of you, right? So like, I love Like, I love that definition because just like you were saying, like, I just want to be me. I don't want to have to like cut these pieces out because you can't, you actually cannot do that. I tried to do that in my marriage. It did not end well. It comes out sideways. It It comes comes out out sideways. Just Mm -hmm. all over somebody else or the wrong time. Yeah. It's so interesting because myself and Natasha are together about like 10, 11 years, three babies. So we're having all these conversations and we're open and we're growing through a lot of stuff together. So it's a very interesting dynamic because you probably know it's yourself. Like if you went into a relationship now with this awareness, it's a very different relationship than having one for a decade yeah. where there's so much past and stuff like that. Cause it can rear up really quick and like, Oh, how did we get here? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying navigating that because that's, that's a big challenge in a, in a sense. It's kind of, there was a period of time where it's easy for me to run off. But to kind of go through and level all this out was a really, I don't know what way to work. But that's the, that's, that's the whole, you know, that's the makings of, of something significant in long-term is when your partner can grow with you. You know, it's, it's, you know, like it's, it doesn't matter what level of consciousness you come into the relationship with. It's that you keep growing that consciousness together at yeah. the end of the day and, and our relationship feels like it was like that for so long like when we look at it we kind of look like why we got together and then why we kind of tore our lumps out of each other mm-hmm. almost the whole way up <laughs> then throw babies yeah. in the mix like oh didn't plan this one. Oh, another one <laughs> three chi- like our household has had nappies in it for this would be the seventh year 
Like, it's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. Like, it's so, it's so, it's so commonplace now for you to speak like this. Like, sometimes you ask people what, that's a great description of Tantra. That's probably the best description I've ever heard of Tantra. Like, sometimes we're all Tantric on some level or tuned into our essence on some level or working through our stuff. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, do you ever wonder sometimes how, like, you, the way you, the way you worded that just made me laugh as to the way it's perceived in the West. Yeah. So you deconstruct and all that beautiful language and all yeah. that, what the outcome of that is. And then Westerners laugh at the, at the phrase Tantra. Yeah. That just, that, that to me just shows the level of, I don't like using these words sometimes, but conditioning or programming or told what to think, just instilled. It's, I don't know whether mm-hmm. it's through movies or where it comes from. Like it's just, it's so in, deeply ingrained where people, network marketing is not a great example. Instantly people say, that's a pyramid scheme. And you're like, what's a pyramid scheme? I'm like, we don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> the response comes and then, and then it, it's, it's, it's true. It's just kind of regurgitated. And, and that, that's actually mostly politics too, I find is just, it's always regurgitated. You know, like my mom got into politics very late in life, like within the last couple of years. And, you know, I would question her like, what, what is this? What are you talking about here? And then she'd be like, oh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Right. Cause she, she didn't know. She just, whatever she's watching the news and she's, you know, she gets up in a belief system and she has no idea why. So, um, I actually used to be really heavy into politics, like to the point I was like making myself ill and fighting with everyone I loved. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like literally the day Trump got inaugurated, I never watched the news ever again. And like, it's the the best thing (laughs) ever. You know, I, I hated Trump. Like deep in my soul, I hated him. And now I'm just kind of like, I just don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. don't get us nuked. And like, then hopefully like everything will be fine. And, and that's it. Like, I don't care. I don't want to listen to the circus. I don't want to listen to the negativity, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just don't get us nuked, dude. Like, and I don't really care. Yeah. It doesn't so, matter what country. It's just a circus. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's just, they're just riling people up so they can get votes and stuff. And, you know, I just don't, and if I, if I have to say why I don't like Trump, it's that I feel he lacks empathy. I feel that he has just been given a lot in his life and he really cannot connect to people who have never had that. Um, Which is really bizarre because the people who vote for him are the, mostly the people who struggle in the country. It's very weird. Most most people in the U.S. He's a master persuader. Yeah, he, he is. He just repeats himself. I watched a bit of oh. breaking him down. He's so charismatic and persuasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He just ingrains those belief systems through repetition, just getting it right in your brain. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you can you can like you said, like there are there are things about him that it's like you might be a genius. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is you or somebody else orchestrating this for you, but you might actually be a genius. <laughs> and that's a nice turnaround anyway, since the inauguration. <laughs> and I, well, like a nice way. It's kind of like, well, he can figure out how to get what he wants. <laughs> Doesn't Definitely. necessarily benefit anyone else, but I, I'm, I'm kind of like real neutral about it now. I can't 
I just can't stress myself out. Like I just can't. It's it's there's no point. I can't do anything about him. Amen to that. Yeah. I can't change it. So what am I gonna suffer for four years or eight years or whatever? Yeah. So yeah. state management and not really worried about the state is doing. I'm really longing for that day that more of us are really in that power. Mm-hmm. Not to cause any harm or but just to know how powerful we are. I'm really I feel it's close. I feel it's in the next I was going to say close, and then I said in the next decade, I really do believe that there's more people managing their state, and then it doesn't really matter what the state's getting up to, and then that has to change because the age of us and the age of awakening, and like there's there's a, there's a Justine Justina in um, politics coming up now, or a principal, or a solicitor, or a law firm, like there's all these other uh, areas or sectors that have people coming online. That's that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. That I never thought of it in that way, but that's so true. It's like you'll have people of you know different levels of consciousness just popping up in yeah. in different areas of the world and different fields, and it will help kind of bring everybody up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to just touch on a little bit more of your work before we wrap it up. I think here, there's a few. Sure. Do, do you do you do workshops like that? What we spoke with there a second ago, like so, do you talk to uh, audiences of people and have a talk on? tantra or have a talk on relating open relating conscious relating do you do you do stuff like that much or at all so that's where i'm going next okay i actually my first like seminar was going to to be in dublin actually march 26 but yeah it didn't happen so (laughs) it was supposed to be mastery forum is what i called it um, but I wasn't really too sure how it was going to pan out. I was actually interviewed on a couple of Irish podcasts. Um, and I really wasn't sure like if I was going to sell any tickets just because men are very weird about talking about their sexuality around other men, especially men they don't know. So, <laughs> so I was, you know, I was kind of looking to see what would happen. Obviously it didn't happen anyway, um, which was fine, but I am actually moving I would say a little bit further away from coaching and more into teaching. I really, really like teaching. Um, and the quarantine has allowed me to create a few courses, one of which is called the aligned man. And it's, it's where I just teach the principles of, of being able to integrate powerfully into your masculinity and how to relate to a woman and keeping the masculine feminine balance in relationship. That is like, that is like my jam baby that's my baby i love it like i you know the aligned man was actually a book i wanted to write and i was like i'm just going to turn this into a course and then i can just teach what i love to teach whereas when i have a client you don't necessarily get to teach everything you want to teach because it depends on the circumstance of their life or what their outcome is or whatever so and um, the pace i I, I feel that with one one-on-one the pace it's not that they're doing anything wrong it's just that i want to give so much more and even the group yes. coaching then has a has, has a bigger impact in that way because other people's stories relate and it's just it's just more just completely different things aren't they yes totally different yeah, yeah. and you. so now i'm seeing myself become more of like a teacher versus a coach and i i like it and and that's something that has really been kind of like it's it's bubbled to the surface because of the quarantine so so yeah. thank you thank you coronavirus yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Awesome. laughs> no i love that even when you one thing that popped in when you're saying integrated man is like i think because i've listened to i've watched a 
looked at, not watched, uh, read a little bit of David Doyle at CU, sharing a lot of his work. And one of the big pieces that I took from that was actually standing in your power and mm. owning your desires. Mm. No matter what the, the, the consequences seem to be in that moment, deep down, your woman actually has more admiration for you. Deep down, your kids even, if you're dismissive, not dismissive, but like, no, daddy has to do this work. Deep down, you're actually establishing more of an authority and you're actually more empowered in that way, which is mm-hmm. kind of counterintuitive. That's why I just want to drop that little nugget in there because I really want to get people to start opening Pandora's box in this yeah. in this area. Yeah, and it is, it's definitely most, but I find most of the stuff when it comes to growth, personal development is counterintuitive. It feels 100%. really, counter, feels yeah. really yeah. counterintuitive, but it's so true. You know, like <laughs> basically what I teach guys is first of all, to reconnect, right? To what they feel, be able to decipher and understand consciously what it is that they feel and be able to decipher what is true for them. Because as a man moving powerfully in the world, that direction comes from truth. So I really masculine energy is like a train that is like moving so powerfully in this very specific direction and it cannot be pushed off course. Like you're not going to get into a relationship with a woman. The woman's going to be like, get on my train, you know? And that's what most guys are because of like the vague masculine thing, having zero education, zero consciousness. And then also like things like me too movement and feminine, you know, uh, you know, like feminism and that kind of thing. It's just making men super surrendered. And it's just like, whatever you want, happy wife, happy life. Like I'll just be in the feminine and you can do all the control and you can tell me where to go and what I should think and what I should do. I'm just a puppet. And, um, Glad you were saying all of that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the truth. I mean, if you look at like masculine energy is, it is this momentum, it is direction, it is planning, it is organization, it is, it's just this powerful energy. Um, It is groundedness. It is like this powerful understanding and compassion and, and it's, it's truth and it's control. Control in the aspect of leadership, not, not, control or power over something yeah whereas feminine is the opposite it's play it's dance it's present moment it's flow it's it's trust and it's surrender and so if you are a man with a masculine essence and you are a woman with a feminine essence but you come into relationship in opposite because of your conditioning if you look at those relationships where it's where it is like happy wife happy life the guy is in the feminine, he's in a surrendered state. And the woman is in the masculine, she's in a controlling state. He is like a dead body. He's just pathetic. I mean, when you're around this person, you're just like, oh my God. And then you're around the woman, she's just hardened. She's just so hardened. There's no softness. It's just, it's really unhealthy. It's not good for your nervous system and to it's be sad. out of. It's, it's so sad, sad for it's sad for the guy. He's not, he's not feeling happy, mm-hmm. and it's no nobody wins really in that scenario. Hey, and neither of them have any idea what's wrong. Yes, they have no idea what's wrong. Yes, um, and so you know those the the issue with like the Me Too and the Me Too is not that popular in Ireland. It's very popular in in the U.S. But feminism and that kind of thing, I find that men are very much like. I'm not going to like 
the world just demonizes men as a whole anyway. Like they just, the, the world as a whole is just like, you're wrong. So like, if you, if you open a door for a woman, you're a creep. And if you don't open the door for a woman, you're an asshole. Like you're just wrong. Can't win. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what that does is it, if you can't ever win, then what do you do? Like you just fucking give up. I just surrender, like whatever you tell me to do, you know, and that's how most guys are operating. And they're so deeply unfulfilled because they're not in their power and they want to be, they just don't know how. So, you know, I, I, I really, my thing is teaching these guys to reconnect, be able to connect to their truth. They can move powerfully in the world. And just like you said, it feels counterintuitive to just be like, this is where my train is going. You can come on the train. You're invited. I'm not telling you, you have to, I'm not controlling you, but this is where I'm going and I will lead you. You can surrender into my direction. And it's a powerful thing. And it's a loving thing. It's so loving. It's so loving because masculine energy is presence. And so if you say to your children, daddy's working, right? They can feel that that's a powerful boundary from you. And you're not splitting yourself. You're not like, oh, okay, I'm on the computer, but yeah, that's great. Cool. I'm glad you did. That's a nice piece of artwork, whatever. You don't even care because you're focused on something else. But you say to them very powerfully, I will be back at this time. You come back and you bring your whole presence well, yeah, to them. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing to notice for, for, for the men is, is when, you, when you do that, the actual feminine storm, we'll just call it, will pass. Like the, the hissy fitting or the throwing the toys out of pram or whatever it is you want to call it will pass and mm -hmm. there is something deeper happening there in that moment yeah yeah and that and that's another thing is most guys are so afraid of of emotion because they're not used to connecting to it in themselves so how can they how can they lead somebody else out of their own their emotion like I can't even leave myself out of my emotion. That's me sometimes. Make yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be here. I'm going to let you go and do your thing. It was just like, like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, all a woman wants is very simple. It's simple for somebody like you because you've done a lot of emotional work is to just be seen and heard and held. And don't, don't get into the, yeah, that was a big one for me is the actual, you can probably put more words in this, but sometimes the emotional feminine gets really nasty to try and get a boy. And it can go, I've noticed this, I've observed this, and I'm not making Natasha wrong or bad, but I've observed how if I don't react, it kind of gets deeper. I'm like, ooh. And then instead of going, ooh, this really wants like something that I'm not prepared to give right now, yes. which is powerful because then yes. you're just staying in that presence and and it, it sounds like I'm judging Natasha here, but it's, it's like, just come back to a neutral. We can converse about anything. I'm not, there's nothing off the table to talk about, but where you're trying to talk to me from is not going to end. Well, I went there. I know what it ends. I know what happens. It's crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's like a balance in that too, where for the feminine, it's, it's the, you know, the, the balance between being vulnerable, which is what feminine is, um, and showing our heart, opening our heart and allowing it to be penetrated um, and emotional dumping. Yes. Fine that's line. Something that I've, yeah, <laughs> I, that's something that I, 
you know, am getting really used to. Like, I don't, I don't typically dump emotionally just because of the work I do, but there have been a couple of times in my, in my relationship where he's like, nope, like, absolutely not. This is not mine. You can take that back. (laughs) But I don't typically say like, I don't, I don't get real nasty. I just get kind of like, give me what I want. (laughs) That's kind of one of the cons to actually knowing this work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're mid into something that's like, and you can kind of then just feel its power kind of dissolve, but you kind of have to walk off anyway and go, just give me a minute. <laughs> it's mad. Yeah. 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 Talk to me about the Pussy Mansion thing that you're still, I'm very intrigued by that. I think he's brought one guy there. Did you just start a, a retreat or? Oh yeah. Pussy Mansion is something that my, uh, my friend and colleague, Sandra, she, um, she puts together for us girls who went to school together nice. and um you know it was supposed to be this year we're obviously not having it this year but um we go to greece and we co-work we, we just rent a big house on the water we co-work and we do practices together and we just have a good time is that just um, you and flooding in there or do you just bring students or no no just it's not uh it's not like a business thing it's just a personal thing where we come together as like colleagues and um and sisters i'm very i'm still like triggered by that word i'm like sisters um (laughs) and we come together we um we just do practices we we develop ourselves we we work together that kind of thing so we it's not like a i mean it's not a retreat it's just co-working but no i love that that makes so much sense and i I love how you like you're saying the sisters is triggering there i love how you're on and pussy and dick and putting those words out there because it's just those in and of itself are breaking patterns. When you talk about them the way you do, like I just love how you how you narrate and, and articulate yourself. It's just it's just straight. You know, you're not messing around. The words are the words. It's just like arm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's not the case for the world. Uh huh. It's just. It's not funny because my best friend has like this weird. So in school, you know, it was like that when you first got into school. My teacher was yeah. like pussy this and pussy that, and I was like, everyone's giddy. That's a little intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're like oh my god pussy and now we're just like yeah it's my pussy and um and my friend my best friend obviously she did not go to school for this but I'll say things like oh my god it's so juicy and she's like don't use that word it grosses me out I'm like it's so juicy <laughs> she's like gross <laughs> and so it's funny like when you come out the other side you forget how that used to affect you yeah you know and like it's true like it's just all conditioning it's just all conditioning. Like you can feel however you want about something. You just have to decide how you want to feel and then practice that thing. Absolutely. And then the way you are just articulating yourself for all the different ears that that falls on through social media or whatever, it's like, you're not wavering in how you're speaking. So that in and of itself is going to bring in, it's, it's just going to raise and everything. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the ripples. That's the ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I think too, like there's so much, there's, there's so much support out there for women and their sexuality and there's nothing for men. I mean, it is such limited resource, such, I mean, and you can see that in the statistics, whereas the suicide rate in the the U S is 40 times higher for males than it is for females, 40 times. I think it's similar in, in Ireland. Um, I remember looking that up recently and I don't remember exactly what the but it, it's a pretty drastic. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. 
Um, and that, that comes again down to conditioning. Like if you've never, if you've been taught to stay away from feelings your whole life and you have no tools and then something inevitably overwhelming happens to you, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? So, you know, you can see the conditioning play out in like the suicide rate and, um, and that for me, like women have really started claiming that word pussy, like it's ours, it's ours. We're going to fight for it or whatever, you know, (laughs) that's our word. And I think the same thing needs to happen with men where they, they realize that their dick is so, I mean, it's, it's so many things. It's magical. It's powerful. It's, it's, it's a creator. It's something that keeps your body healthy, you know, and this is something I talk a lot about. And it's just like the dick is something that's joked about all the time. Sniggered almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, literally like movie after movie. It's just like using the word dick is an insult. And it's kind of the same with pussy. It's like, oh, you're a pussy. It's an insult, but it's not as bad. I don't think like the reference to vagina or something is, is nearly as bad as like the things that we say about like cocks and balls, right? Like, oh, I'm going to slap you in the face with my ball sack. And that's like the grossest thing that can happen to you. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> no, I know. When in reality, like your dick creates life. It eliminates toxins from your body. Like it creates a life. Like we don't even understand how that happens. Like there's a person that exists who didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. Like your dick does that. Your balls do that. Like it's amazing. It's so powerful. And we disrespect it. We disrespect it. Disrespect like it and shame it. And shame it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not big enough. It's not hard enough. It's not, you know, this color or that. I mean, it's just like, do you even understand how powerful that part of your body is? It's like almost entire soul purpose is to bring you pleasure and you hate it or it's not good enough. Like, Or even having a, a, a love hate relationship with it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do your fellow uh, females find you speaking this language outside of your sisters if you like oh they're like really intrigued they're like they think i they don't know and they're like give me the secret information okay. ah, <laughs> it's very funny but then when i give them the secret information and i'm very happy about it like for example women will come to me and they'll be like oh this guy he i want him to be in love with me and i'm like it doesn't work that way men are very simple when it comes to that he's either going to treat you like you matter or he's not. And that's all you really need to know. There's nothing you can do to manipulate that. <laughs> as harsh as that sounds. Yep. Yeah. But that's it. That, I yeah. mean, am I right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that, that's something that I had to come to terms with in myself where, you know, I would get myself in these, I would chase these guys. And I'm like, love me, love me, love me. Oh, I'll just do this and I'll just do that. And I'll just be perfect for you. And I remember the last time, the last time before I gave that up and just decided, you know what, I got to stop resisting this was I remember this guy said to me, you're perfect, but, and I was just like, oh my God. Wow. Like, it's just not there. If it's not there, it's not there. It doesn't matter. You could, you could actually be perfect. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. So, um, it's funny. Cause I do, I'll have like women that be like, oh yeah, tell me the secrets. I'm like, there's no secrets. He's going to treat, it's just very plain and simple. If you are a priority, he's going to treat you like that. 
And if you're not, he's going to treat you like that. That's it. <laughs> That's it. But we analyze every word and it's like, no, look at the words and energy, words and energy, words and actions. Do they align? And if not, he's not interested. See, in, in, in that sense, I see so much expectation or so much, like there's a bar set that the man doesn't know about. Oh God. There's, there's, there's these invisible lines that we don't know are crossed. And it's like, oh, because then it's, yeah. you to God knows where that's going from. That's a whole other kind of one. Because inside of you, you just feel like this is how I feel. It's obvious. Yeah. But, but as women are taught like, oh, no, no, it takes them longer. It takes them longer. Like he hasn't realized it yet. What he feels in his body hasn't, he hasn't realized it in his mind how in love he is with me yet. It will happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. Right, Justina, I think we let it go there. I think we will definitely be doing something along in the future. Hopefully, anyway, I'd love to uh, contribute if I can in some way or, or shape or form. Yeah. We definitely have to learn a lot from I this conversation. Spell. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I'm so happy that we connected. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, you enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, ours is pretty done now. It's 4 to 10. All right. Into a new week here. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. -bye. And meet it for all.